afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of So You Want to Talk About Leadership, where I'm your host, Tony Miller Jr. I got a lot to say in a little time, so I'm going to jump right in as we talk about humility today. So to start us off, of course, did you know that studies show that humble leaders or the act of humble leadership results in greater innovation opportunities, higher employee morale, an increase in overall organization performance, and a lower turnover rate. So what is humility or what does it mean to be humble? So if you Google it, you'll get the definition that says it's a modest or low view of one's own importance. Now, see, I like how C.S. Lewis explains it or talks about it when he says humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So obviously it's not saying that you think you are not as great as you may be, but actually just not thinking about yourself as often, not thinking about yourself as much in understanding that taking a step back, not because you're less than, but not trying to push yourself forward because you believe that you're more than. And so obviously, because naturally we are selfish creatures, this can be difficult to do. And we all like to hear good things about ourselves. See, humility also plays a role in your likability. Of course, there's a fine line between cocky and confident, but there's definitely no confusing the two. See, people like confidence, but they can't stand cockiness or arrogance. I believe life teaches us lessons and, and it's our job to learn from them. See, I had some pretty early encounters with humility in those lessons that I think shaped who I am today. And I'll, and I'll never forget them. They were very tough pills to swallow, but they are largely responsible for my level of humility today. So today I want to take you inside my life and share with you how I was humbled and hopefully it can help you in some way where you may struggle with humility. There are three moments in my life that stick out that I categorize as lessons in humility for me that I think really shaped my life. And so really to be transparent in today's episode about who I am or who I was, I was a pretty, um, I was a pretty cocky individual as a kid growing up and I was, I was a pretty good athlete. I excelled in baseball. I excelled in football. I did a little bit of track. Basketball really wasn't my thing, but I was a great defender, but baseball and football was really my thing. And, and I was pretty good and you really couldn't tell me anything. And I was going to let you know how good I was. And so as a kid, you know, I don't really understand the consequences of really being cocky and arrogant and and not understanding that that's not the person that you want to be. But when I got to middle school, I learned my first tough lesson in humility um, and what it was. And, and the thing is, where it started, it really didn't help my ego, because when I was in middle school, you couldn't play sports until you were in seventh grade. And so when I was in sixth grade, I was playing recreation football. So from, you know, fourth to fifth grade, I've been playing recreation football and I was 
pretty good. I was one of the star running backs on the team. It was a very good safety as well. So I made plays. And so getting into sixth grade, the football coach, he told me like, hey, we, we, we're ready to have you on the team. You know, you're going to have a spot X, Y, Z. So when seventh grade comes, three, four days of tryouts, but I didn't get my physical. I mean, you need to get the physical. And for some reason, I was delayed in getting my physical. So I couldn't participate in the first three days of tryouts. And so I ended up getting my physical like that Tuesday and I was able to practice on the last day of tryouts. And I ultimately made the team with just one day of tryouts. So obviously that's not good for my head because there were plenty of guys that got cut, people that I knew, people I grew up playing football with that got cut. And for me to go out there and make it with just one day of tryouts, there was nothing you really could tell me. However, when the season came around, I was a small guy. I was like probably four, four foot eight, four foot nine, not a lot of pounds on me at all. And so when the season came around, I didn't play. I, I knew all the plays. Um, I was great on the offensive side. I was great on the defensive side, but I was small. I was undersized. And instead of being the starter, I was just a bench warmer. We had an eighth grade running back who was really good. We had a seventh grade running back who was really good. He was big, fast, and I was just a small guy. And so I, I rode the bench and our team really wasn't good either. And so it really stinks to be on a sucky team and still not playing. And so you fast forward to my eighth grade year because it's like, hey, this is my time. The eighth graders are gone. Now I'm an eighth grader. I should be the next man up. I should be the big man on campus. Well, season comes around again. I play a little bit more, but for the most part, I'm still a bench warmer. And as the season went on and we continued to not be great and not be good. So in my mind, I'm like, hey, the reason that we're not winning is because I'm not playing. And so obviously I missed the lesson in humility in that in that, that, that year or two. But what I didn't understand or what I didn't know at the time, what was coming was there's going to be some other lessons of humility to make sure that I got what I needed to get. So my first lesson in humility came in middle school when I was a seventh and eighth grader, where I thought I was all that in the bag of chips. Ultimately, I was good enough to make the team, but not good enough to be a starter and make a significant impact to the team. So we fast forward. Football was my first love and football is really what I love to do. So we finally fast forward to I say, let's say my junior year, I believe my junior year, we were running the wing team, more of an, an option offensive style. So for you college football fans out there, more of the military style, the Navy, Air Force, Army wing team formation. But my junior year, we were transitioning to more of a pro style offense to where you'd have a typical backfield with running backs and things of that nature, throw a little bit of wishbone in there. And the job was really mine to lose because I was small back, but I was pretty quick. I had the moves. I could read the field really well. I ran in between the tackles really nice. And it was literally the week before a big scrimmage against one of the best teams in the city. I sprained my ankle. I had a very high ankle sprain in a practice drill to where my god brother actually blocked the defender onto my ankle as I was running and it took me out and we had a transfer running back who came in and we were going to split some time together. And there was another senior that I kind of pushed ahead of. 
And I was kind of feeling myself again. I was like, hey, I'm finally going to get the opportunity to be the man. Um, the scrimmage was going to be at the new stadium, at the teams across towns, their stadium is going to be on my birthday. So I'm like, hey, I'm about to show the city that I'm here. I've, I've arrived. But God had other plans. My ankle was sprained. I missed the game. I missed practice. I was in tears. And ultimately, I lost my spot because the guy who transferred in, he turned out to be a star. I mean, he was a straight stud. Can't take anything away from him. We probably would have been a great tandem, but hey, he was really good all by himself. And so my junior year, because I knew the plays on the offensive side and defensive side, I just really turned into a utility player. But I really wasn't a superstar on the offensive side or the defensive side. So then in my senior year, it was just more the same because he was coming back. We were in the same class. He was just building on an, on a great year from a junior year. So I just kind of did all things because I, I knew the plays so I could play this position or that position. And that's what I did. I went and filled in where they needed me. So at that point, being a, a high school, junior, high school, senior, I'd had my second lesson of humility and it kind of sunk in a little bit for me. But again, baseball was my ticket. I always knew that, but football was my true love. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be known for. But with baseball, that's where it really cut me deep because like I said, I was a really good baseball player. I started every game, started every year as a freshman. And so junior year, senior year, you start to get recruited, start looking at different colleges that you want to go to. At this point, obviously, I'm, I'm a smaller guy. I'm not going pro. So I'm like, hey, I'll go to college and, and play ball and, and make my career last as long as I can. So what happened was there was a couple of junior colleges that wanted uh, me to play there. There's a couple of schools. It was the HBCU at home that wanted me to play there. But I felt like I was too good to play at those smaller schools. And I didn't want to transfer anywhere. So there was one particular school that I went up to for a tryout. I mean, it went really well. The coach started recruiting me, communicating with me a little bit. I also had an academic scholarship to that school. So if I got anything from the baseball program, it would have it would have worked out. So mom and dad wouldn't have had to come out of pocket too much. However, that coach ended up being let go. And for you that know how recruiting goes, the coaches, they recruit certain players. And so when a new coach comes in, they're not really thinking about the old coaches players. They're bringing in their players that they want that's going to fit their system and fit their scheme and their team. And so I reach out to the new coach tell him who I am so hey I was getting recruited by the guy before you and he's like thanks but I'm all filled in those positions I'm just looking for a catcher and I'm not a catcher and so that was kind of that so I'm just hoping that something comes up something comes around for me and it never did so I ended up going to the school that I went to but I remember before I left when it finally sank in that I was not going to be playing college baseball because I tried out, I tried to walk on it, the school that I ultimately went to, and I I didn't make it. And I remember crying. I'm like, boo-hoo crying after church on my bed. And just I was just upset. I was mad with God. And I was just like, why? I'm, I'm a good kid. I, I, I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm respectful to my parents. I make good grades. Why can't I have this dream? And I tried to make sense of it and it just didn't make sense to me um, at the time 
And so, like I said, I went, didn't successfully walk on. And I tried to walk on at another school after my freshman year. Probably would have had opportunity to make the team, but I chose not to take that opportunity. And I was like, hey, you know, this is where life has has led me. And I'm going to go down, you know, go down this road. And, and I like where I'm at now. And and so those are the three, the three lessons in humility that I had starting in middle school, going all the way into my my really my sophomore year of college, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to play college ball. Now, granted, I ultimately ended up being a college athlete, but it wasn't the sport that I thought it was going to be. I ended up being a collegiate racquetball player who competed on the national stage, but it wasn't the typical football, basketball, baseball, any other sport. But, but hey, I was a college athlete, but there's there's something humbling about playing a sport that you're like, okay, yeah, whatever, versus the sport that you think that this is my ticket, this is my way out of here. And so, like I said, it really wasn't until I was a sophomore in college that I learned the real lesson in humility that I should have learned way back in middle school. And honestly, I believe that God took me through those humbling experiences because he wanted to make sure that I could handle whatever level of success that he may bless me with in my adult life. And see, so I'm, I'm grateful that he taught me those lessons early in life and in a stage in life where it wouldn't hurt as bad or so I wouldn't have to be as embarrassed as I was in those moments like I would be if it would happen later in my adult life if I hadn't learned and I was still cocky or arrogant. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I still talk a lot of junk to close friends and family. But when it comes to real life things, I don't say what I go about my business. I, I do what I do. My dad always told me to let other people talk about how good you are. You should never be the one telling others how good you are because it just comes off as arrogant. And if you're really as good as people say you are, you think you are, you know, well, people will tell others like like your actions will speak for themselves. And, and, and another thing, like if I'm not good at something, like I'm five, five and a half. So basketball is not my thing. I play pretty good defense, but you know, basketball is not my thing. My, my sister got that gift. So if I'm not good at something, I'm going to talk a lot of junk. I'm going to talk all the junk in the world because I know that I'm not good. My opponents, my friends, they know that I'm not good. They know that I'm not serious. They know it's all just funny games, all for laughs. And it's not real. It's, it's, it's all a joke. But with humility, it's a real thing that I think we all struggle with because it's a good feeling to be puffed up. It's a good feeling to feel like people need us, feel like people want us. And sometimes as leaders, we we forget that it takes other people to help lift and raise us up because we can do something great, but we're part of teams. And if our teammates don't fulfill their responsibilities, then there's no way that we're going to be able to do what we do that makes us look so great. And so to be a humble leader, it means as, as C.S. Lewis said in his quote, thinking not less of ourselves, but just thinking about ourselves less and understanding that the, the true power comes from our teammates, comes from those that we're working with and not 
bragging and boasting about who we are, who we think we are. And, and, and there's a Bible verse that says this pride comes before destruction or pride comes before the fall. And I think at some point in time, if we're if we're not careful, our pride can lead to our destruction. It can lead to our embarrassment or us falling off the pedestal that we may have put ourselves on. And so I just hope that hearing my my lessons in humility, even though I was a kid and, and, and then just a college student, it really shaped me to where, like I said, I believe that that was God's sending a message to me saying, hey, I may have something bigger for you down the line, but I need to make sure that I can trust you with whatever level of success I choose to give you if that's what I choose to do with you. And so and from that point on, I try to walk a a humble and meek and mild life. And whenever there's a compliment, yes, yeah, say thank you, but don't dwell on it. And my dad used to always say, don't don't get caught up reading your own press clippings, because once you do again, you may lose that battle with humility and that pride. You give an opportunity to sneak back in and rear its ugly head. And then all different crazy things can happen. And you don't want to take a step back when you've worked as hard as you worked and you let your ego, you let your pride, all those different things, all those negative things come in and mess up the good thing that you're having. And so, and I guess something else that I want, I want you to take away from this is really don't be like me. Don't let it take three times for you to get it. Like if something is it hits you in your face and it's clear as day, and I understand that certain ages we don't understand. And, you know, when you're 13, it may not make as much sense when you're 23, but don't let it take three times for you to get, Hey, I need to chill out. I need to be humble. I need to put others before me. I need to take a step back because it's not always a guarantee that you're going to get another opportunity. Now, granted in life, we may, we hope we're optimistic that we will, but if you get that knock on the door, you get that phone call, you get knocked back, take a moment, reflect, reevaluate, think about what you could have done differently and ask yourself, Hey, is this a wake up call? Have I, have I, has, has my head gotten too big? Am I making this too much about me? So please, please, please don't be like me. Like, Take that lesson of humility and learn from it the first time, you know, and if you've already experienced a lesson in humility already, like, and you're thinking about it now, as you're listening to me, talk to you, like reflect on it, learn from it and move forward. So you don't have to go through another humbling setback because humility, it's, it's, it has a funny way of catching up with you. It's going to catch us and it can catch us in different phases and stages in life and in different areas to where we may not even expect it. So I'm just saying I'm, I'm begging you, you know, please get it the first time so it doesn't take three or four or five times so you can get it the first time and then be able to move forward and then move forward and succeed and do what it is that you're trying to do and keep doing the great and keep doing the great things that you're doing. I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to be transparent and I'm even a little, I guess a little bit vulnerable with you guys today. Cause not many people know that they don't know that, that they don't know that story. And so I hope you're able to get something from that and, and help you with whatever area of humility you may be struggling with. Shoot me an email. If you have your own stories of humility that are now big triumphs for you. But as always be the leader, 
that your peers need to see.